Welcome to the How Do I Mom podcast. This is not your how-to guide to motherhood. This is a how-do. How do you mom? How do I mom? And how can we mom better together? By sharing our stories, we become more connected. Join us and allow us to meet you where you are in whatever season you're in. Welcome everyone to the How Do I Mom podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. On this platform, we share real life experiences with real women. And I personally love hearing about other people's stories. It personally helps me grow and become a better person. And when I set out on this journey, it was extremely important for me to offer support to women in all different seasons of life. So today's episode focuses on some of the hardest working, most brave, and possibly some of the most undervalued parents out there, single parents, specifically single moms. Based on an article released earlier this year on parentingmode.com, Almost 27% of American family groups are single parent families. And I have invited two warriors on today's episode to share how they single mom. Thank you so much for joining me today, Angie and Mandy. So Mandy and Angie are people or women that have been in my lives now for several years. I've actually worked really closely with Angie in a work setting and then Mandy and I um, just do life together with a lot of the same people. And so we, we run into each other a lot in that regards. And I'm just so inspired by these women and I know that you will be as well. So before we get started, will you please share a bit of your background, both personally and professionally? And Angie, I'll start with you. Okay. Uh, so I'm Angie Carruthers. I am a Chicago native, but I live here in Georgia. Um, my background, my professional background, I'm a meeting planner. I've been a meeting planner for decades now. I love what I do. And I moved from Chicago down here and it's it's been great. I love the weather. Uh, Brought my son with me. Uh, We, I was married for about nine, 10 years. See, I don't recall the divorce date. I just know that I divorced and <laughs> then moved on with my life. So, so I've been divorced for about 10 years and I have my son with me. It's been us. We did, we're the team and he's in high, no, he graduated last year and he's working and now he's going to college uh, in the fall. That's amazing. And how long have you been in Georgia? Remind me. I moved here in 2013. Okay. So y'all know Angie yeah. and I have this connection because we both <laughs> have, you know, Chicago and I know she she was a city girl, I was a suburb girl, but still okay. there's there's this deep connection when you're from the same area. There's a connection. If you're yeah, if you're from Chicago, you're from Chicago. Absolutely. Even if you're from the right. suburbs of Chicago. Cuz like suburbanites will Exactly. You claim the the city that's closest to you. So yes, there's a Chicago. Because if you look, if you claim Southside, you know the Sox or the Cubs, then you're Chicago. Right. Period. That's right. And Mandy, would you mind sharing a little bit about your background? Absolutely. So my name is Mandy Shostrom. Uh, I'm not from Chicago, but I do have family in Chicago. So hopefully that counts a little bit. You're still family, um, Mandy. You're still family. awesome. <laughs> I'm actually an Atlanta native, uh, born and raised here, and I still have family here. Most of my family is here. Um, 
but professionally, I'll start with that because professionally, most people have absolutely no idea what I do and they normally, their eyes glaze over when I start to talk about what I do. So I'll just get that out of the way. I'm an insurance professional. I work for a major group benefits insurance carrier. And right now I'm an absence management consultant, which means absolutely nothing to everyone except for the people I meet with. It's important to them. So that's what I do. Um, I started working remotely before it was cool. Uh, so I've been working remotely since 2018. So I was ahead of the curve before COVID kicked in. Anyway, that's what I do. So there you go, professionally. Um, personally, like I said, Atlanta native, born and raised here. Um, I have a great community here. And I have been a single parent going on 12 years after being married for seven. And uh, their dad is still local in the area. So co-parenting is a thing. Yes. Yeah, that's it. I have two boys, two boys, two um, boys. ages 17 and 15. And Angie, how old is your son? He is 19. So. And it's just him. And Mandy, Mandy, you're a rare bird because I rarely meet Atlanta natives. It is it is so weird to hear someone say, I am from Atlanta because everybody you run into is I a I feel transplant. like I should get a badge for it. And, you should. and to be very honest with you, since you guys were talking about, you know, you're from Chicago, if you're even from the suburb, my birth certificate actually says born in Atlanta. So I feel like Ooh, I should get a double right. badge for that. See, I think That's so. Right. I think so. If they're handing out participation awards, yeah, you need to get a ribbon or something. I mean, I might live OTP now, but I'm from ITP, so... And there for, you go. For anyone Climate. who is listening that has no idea what that means, just look it up and you'll. That's right. <laughs> We're not going to give you the answer. You have to figure no, it out. No, you got to search. <laughs> yeah, figure it out. <laughs> if you ever know anything about the traffic patterns in Atlanta, you'll figure it out real fast. It's mm -hmm. a hot mess. Yep. Um, well, ladies, I'm so happy. Thank you for joining me today. Um, like I said, when I introduced you, you two are warriors and have inspired me in so many different areas and been there for me when... I went through a lot of different difficult seasons, whether it was with my children or with my dad. And um, I just really thank you. So in preparing for today, I did some some studying and I already mentioned one of the stats earlier about, you know, 27% of American families are single parent families. But um, this is another interesting fact. According to the census in 2021, there are over 11 million single parent families in the US and of those families, 80% are single mothers, 80%. That represents 15.6 million children who live in single mother households in the U.S. alone. So that being said, will you please share how being a single mother has shaped you? Um, and either one of you, feel free to start. I can go first. Um, I will say that the one thing it made me do is identify what's important and where to pour my energy. Uh, I think as human beings, not even as just single parents, we have a tendency to compare our situation to what someone else's situation is. I don't care if you're, if you're married, you're, mar you're comparing yourself to the other couples in your circle. If you're a sports athlete, you're comparing what you do on, on the, you know, to what somebody else is doing. You're comparing stats. And 
one of the things that started when I became single, a single mom, I knew about the statistics of raising, you know, black kids in America. And I kind of dug my heels in and said, oh, no, my kid will not be one of those statistics. So I'm, I had to get to a point where I wasn't comparing how my household looked, the fact that you, especially with social media, the way it is, and you see these moms online and everything looks so perfect and they're fixing these great lunches and everything's so healthy and everything's so clean. I'm like, my place looks like somebody robbed me. There's no way. Sometimes if, if literally, if you came to my house, if the police ever showed up for something, they'd be like, ma'am, are you okay? <laughs> because there are days where you walk in and go, I don't, I don't know. Are you, are, are you good? Because, and I had to get past the fact that, yeah, sometimes it does look like somebody got broke in and robbed me and other days it's super clean and that's okay. I think I had to learn to stop comparing my, my journey and my walk to other single parents and other two parent homes and pour my energy into my kid and how I want him to grow up and how he, how I want him to feel. And I had, and by being that example, I had to make sure that my kid also didn't compare the fact that he didn't have two parents in a home to his friends, because that's huge too. Mm -hmm. Um, when you are raising a kid and they're, there's only the mom or, you know, in the house, but they've got friends and their households have a mom and a dad. And I needed to make sure that he knew that I was okay with where we are and we're good. So it's the whole comparison thing. I had to get past that. And once I got past that, it was like, just pour what you got into the household and the family so that he doesn't feel lack or that he's missing out on anything. Yeah. That's so rich. Um, you know, the comparison trap is real for anyone. And you spoke to that. Mm -hmm. And it's, I never even thought about it, Angie, the fact that by you overcoming the comparison trap in your own situation as a single mom helped your son overcome it as a child of a single parent household. Absolutely. That's golden right there. Mandy, what about you? How has um, being a single mother shaped you? Yeah, so even just listening to Angie, I I can't she actually said exactly what I felt in the very beginning. I'll, so you hear the stats and you see the articles and it's just like from day 1 I said not me and not my house, not my children. They're not going to become part of those statistics. They're not going to become those kids that um, you know, are in jail or fill in the blank with any other statistic that because they were raised in a single parent home, this is what happened. And I just said, no, um, very early on, I just made the decision that, and I may, I say I made the decision. I was nearly forced to because of a situation that was going on early in the divorce and with custody battles, um, that I had to become completely and utterly dependent on Jesus. I had to. Um, and so that right there, when people ask me, you know, how, you know, how do you, how do you do this? How do you, how do you, how do you do this? How do you raise them? How do you, how do you do what you do? And I just felt the first word and not to sound cliche is my first response is Jesus. That's the only, that's the only way I'm here and doing what I do and doing it well is because of him. Um, it's also being a single parent in this journey has also just forced me to become resilient 
I didn't have to. I've chosen to be resilient. I've chosen to, you know, come out on the other side through many different challenging situations um, and become stronger and learn from them, but also to be vulnerable in those challenging situations because vulnerability has never been uh, something that has come naturally or easy to me. I don't like asking for help. So becoming vulnerable uh, is definitely one of those things. Wow. That's you know, similar to Angie's point, choosing to be resilient and choosing to be vulnerable, right? Those are choices that we make. And in making those choices, we become better examples to our kids. Um, and I'm actually going to pivot to our to our next question, because I feel like this one is a better follow up. Um, as a mom of boys, because you know, Mandy, you have two and Angie, you have one. How has your experience been as the leader of your home and what challenges have you faced? Um, I'll say the first challenge really impacts, I know I've said this before, it impacts every household, but finances, finances are always gonna be a challenge. Um, but in particular, raising boys, uh, being a mom raising a boy uh, was something that you have to recognize is that there are differences uh, in the way that we move, in the way that we respond, react, the way that we communicate, because men tend to fix things. Their reaction is to fix something. And women, we like to talk it out. And sometimes we just need a sounding board and I don't need you to fix it. I just need you to listen as I go through this process. And when you're raising a whole person who communicates differently, you have to be more observant to how they respond to stressors. Because I, I mean, I can only imagine raising a girl because I, I was raised as, you know, I was born a girl. So I know how I was when I was little and I was upset. I went to my mom and I talked to her and I would say the girl at school and this happened and that happened and I don't. And we would talk. My boy doesn't do that. When he's upset, he goes to his room and I have to be very observant on how to approach him and to get him to open up to me. Um, I can give you an example of uh, if you don't if you want me to go into it. Allison. Yeah, please. Yes. Please. So last year he graduated from high school and uh, he he's like most teenagers is like just teenage, you know, high school life was good where it was good. And and I'm glad to be done with it. So I knew that he was ready for it to be over. But the closer we got to graduation, he his personality kind of changed. He got more quiet. He wasn't super excited and I couldn't figure out what it was. And so I observed and observed. And I, I would ask questions and sometimes I got the answers. Sometimes I didn't until one day I just got his face and I was like, why, why are you not excited? And it basically boiled down to, it was the, it was a comparison monster coming out again. He knew that some of his friends were going to college, they had their colleges picked out and he was concerned about the questions that adults usually ask new, you know, high school grads, what are you going? Where are you going? What are you going to do? What do you got planned? And it, 
you're 18. You, you, you're going to be 18 the day after you graduate. You're still a teenager. And I had to explain to him that it is okay that you don't have the answers. It is, I will be there. I will block anybody who makes you feel uncomfortable. This is your day. But it's, it's those kinds of things. If I had not been paying attention to how his patterns and how he responds, I wouldn't have been able to comfort him. And because like I said, boys don't communicate the way that girls do. So I think the biggest thing that I learned was raising a boy. I have to be more observant and be willing to one, give him space and also know when to get in his face. Um, because you have to, you, you have to, you, cause there's no, there's no guy in the house that he can go and talk to yeah. when a girl breaks his heart. There's nobody here for him to do that. So I have to put on that hat and say, okay, do I, do I pull out the, the empathy, the mom card, or do I put out, pull out what, you know, God put in me, the more masculine, so I can go and talk to my kid and get to the bottom of things. So I think the communication piece and how to manage that was one of the biggest things about raising boys, because definitely talking to girls is different. For sure. And I'm sure along the journey from the time he was young to his age now, I'm sure it's, <laughs> there's been some hiccups along the way in finding that balance of communication. Absolutely. Well, Angie, thank you so much for sharing. Mandy, what about you? I would just echo what Angie said. Um, uh, it was several years ago that the Lord just spoke to me and it was, I was really struggling. Like it was a lot of inner turmoil for me. And finally he was just like, Hey, you're struggling with learning how to balance being the head of the home and the heart of the home. Because being a single parent, whether you're a single mother or a single father, that's good. You you are more conditioned to be one or the other, right? Um, so it's 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 hard to do both, um, and it's hard to take up the mantle of whichever one you're not naturally gravitating towards. So for me, I'm I'm naturally ahead. Like I'm naturally like I'm I'm not your typical female. So. Uh, you know, like I, I'm the fixer uh, mm. instead of the listener. And that's, it's a, it's a problem. I recognize that I'm the first person, but so I naturally gravitate towards that, but it's, it's hard. It's hard to be both. It's hard to be the disciplinarian and to love them or not to love them, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Like to be Express. both at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's emotionally exhausting is what, is what it is. Mm. So yeah, that's definitely a piece of it. Um, there's been there's been no shortage of challenges over the years. I don't think it's necessarily because I'm a boy mom. It's just parenting in general, right? But, yes. you know, one of my favorite stories is you know, the moment that I had to say, get off the roof. <laughs> because, <laughs> while I was inside cleaning the house because they're a dynamic duo and what one has never been smart enough to do the other one has always been brutally strength you know mm -hmm. he's all brawn and they've been breaking out of the house since they were old enough to reach the doorknobs but uh, the day that I was cleaning inside the house and I heard noise on my roof and I'm just like what is that and I go outside and I find both of them up there because one of them was smart enough to remember that the neighbor's ladder was leaning up against their house and they went and got it, borrowed it. Borrowed. And then their ball was on the roof and they just, you know, tag teamed it. I'm like, 
Jesus, why? But thank you for, you know, getting them up and down safely. But, oh, so, I mean, yeah, so it's, there's, it's, that's daily for me um, yes. and has been, has been. So it keeps me on my toes. That's for sure. That's right. Well, boys are fixers and they saw a problem and they did <laughs> and not they feel the need it. to communicate it, with you. No. They just got the ladder. Yes. They got I, the job done. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you always think through the potential consequences. Right. But, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, safely, they return to the to the grass. And as yes. an insurance professional, I immediately <laughs> saw the accident claim. And I'm just like, oh, no. At least you would have had all the contacts that you needed. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. As, well, as boys. Yes. Mandy, I love so what I, you said. You, oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say that, what, so while my response echoed what Angie had already said, I'll say the other thing, the challenge for me, um, and it hasn't been so much of a challenge, it, it's just a commitment, is um, making sure that I'm always praying godly men into the circle of influence for my children. Yes. Because um, different seasons call for different uh, people to walk into your mm -hmm. life. That's true for anyone, but I've always been very intentional about praying godly men. Uh, into their 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 circle, um, and then following up with that, you know, when someone is shown to me or highlighted to me is being intentional about asking that person to speak into their life or giving that person permission to speak into their life. Because again, men need different things. Mm -hmm. Yes, they need a mother, and yes, they need that nurturing side, or and but they they need different things. So, and it's, it's not just, you know, the girl talk, it's learning how to shave and how Correct. to tie a tie. And there's just so many things YouTube and Google can teach you. Sometimes they need a man to come alongside them and step beside them and say this, not just how it's done, but why it's done. Mm, that's so and, good. And generation, generationally, we've taken for granted that we, you know, for those of us who grew up with, you know, a mom and a dad in the house, that there were the roles were well defined. My dad did certain things. My mom did certain things. And that's just the way it happened. And my brother learned certain things from my dad just by by being present, by just being in the room, watching. in the space and observing. Same mm -hmm. way I learned things by watching my mom. And if there's no male person that's in the house that you can watch shave, that you can watch, you know, work on the car, that you can watch do the things that guys do. How to treat a woman well. Exactly. You have to, you either have to, like you said, pray those, those male roles into your, into your circle, or you've got to remind yourself, oh, I need to make sure that he knows that when he goes out on his first date, that he has to do this, that he needs to open doors, that he needs to walk on this side of the street instead, you know, and, and make sure he's got to do all that because there's no, he's not seeing that from the perspective of a kid who is watching his mom and his dad do it. Mm -hmm. So that's good. And, and I think it's important too, right? It's important for any parent to usher and pray in role models for their children, both male and female. And specifically for you guys, you know, their fathers are still in your boy's life. And even with that, you still know the importance of having other godly men in their life. And 
It's that's so cool. And Mandy, something else I love that you said you were talking about being the head and the heart of the home. I feel like that's something that's really going to stick with me. And um, I think a lot of listeners and it's thank you for sharing that. It was so easily said and eloquently said, but it's just something that's like, wow, I've never thought of it that way. And, you know, it's not always that defined, that cut and dry, but it's true. Women tend to be more of the heart and men tend to be more of the head. And um, although those two can blend as a single parent, you're trying to find not just the balance, but this, how do I do both? Do I need to do both? And what does that look like for me and mine? So Mm -hmm. that's really good. Um, What do you want others to be aware of regarding being Um, a single parent? I will take it. Uh, I will say that I am, I'm a single mom, but I'm not alone. Uh, I think Mandy mentioned it or, or either you mentioned it earlier about the importance of community. And uh, it's just, I, there's some, there's a, there's a quote that we've all heard and it's not, it's not biblical, but it's the, the quote that says, God won't give you more than you can handle. And I know that it's based on scripture, but it's been twisted over the years. And I'm going on record as saying that that is not true because God does give you more than you can handle. But I, it's in my opinion that he does that so that as a reminder to lean on people, to lean on him because you, although it sometimes mm-hmm. feels like we should be able to handle it. You've had all of these songs that talk about being a strong, independent woman and all this nonsense. And when you don't feel strong and independent and you feel like you're in, in your room with the door closed, screaming into a pillow because something did not go right, that you feel like a failure. And I do feel like, Yes, God gives us more than we can handle so that we have to lean on our circle and lean on him. And I think one of the things that I would say is that because and I think, Mandy, you mentioned it earlier, that we don't like to ask for help. We, we feel like if we ask for help, it's a sign of weakness. We feel like if we ask for help, that we're a burden because everybody's got stuff to do. Everybody's got a full plate. And the last thing they need is one of us, a single mom asking for help. So I would say from our community, I would, I would ask that even keep that in mind is that the reason sometimes we don't ask is because we don't want to be a burden. So, and we don't, we don't, I'll give you an example. When you're married, if, if you have a supportive partner and you're, let's say you went to the grocery store and you're coming in the house, typically, at least my, when I was married, my ex-husband, he would see me with the growth. He would go to the car and he would grab, I didn't have to ask him. He would see that I had burden this, these extra groceries and, and everything was heavy. He would come and he would help. My son does that now. If I've gone to the store and I come home and he'll ask, is there anything else in the, t- in the car? Do you need me to get it? Absolutely. Sometimes he don't even, he didn't ask, he would just do it. But when you're a single mom, there is nobody to ask. 
there's no one to to lend a hand to reach out and take that extra bag to lift that burden off you. And sometimes we have to you have to get in our face and say, are you good or just it? And you know, Allison, you know this from being in, in Chicago. If somebody decides to clean off your car in the winter or shovel your snow, they don't have to ask. If they do it, yes. you appreciate that. Nope. And it's fantastic when you come out and go, oh, my God, somebody mm-hmm. somebody cleaned off my steps. Somebody cleaned off my. Yes. So it's it's one of those things. You're not going to go An to your neighbor and be like, no, I'm running late this morning. Can you shovel my snow? You're not, not going to do that. So it's 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 for me, it's right. just if you know that there's a single person, a single parent, a single mom in your life, you know, they got struggle. You know, they're not going to ask you for help. So just do it. I've had people bless me by paying for Andrew's uh, middle school retreat. They asked, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to pay for his retreat. And I know I just mentioned his name, so sorry. (laughs) Um, But they asked, you know, I'm going to pay for his retreat. Do you mind? And I'm, I'm almost in tears because I'm sitting there trying to figure out how I'm going to do this. And of course I'm going to say yes. And I think for us as single parents, we have to, we have to allow people to help us when, when they offer, but, but definitely ask, uh, I would say from our community, I would say, just, just ask us and, and help us even when we act like we don't need it because <laughs> we just don't want to ask for help. Yes. So. Um, Mandy, what about you? What do you want others to be aware of, um, with being a single parent? I mean, I hate to sound like an echo, but I think we're picking up on trends here. I mean, it's, it's, it's exactly that. It's, it's seeing, it's, it's seeing the need and filling it. And it it doesn't always have to be a financial or it's don't necessarily wait for the ask. Um, but then when we say no, don't take us for our word all the time, at least, um, because we're not going to want to ask for help and we're not always going to be inclined to accept or receive the help because it's hard. We've, we've learned to become independent uh, and, and do things on our own. And sometimes it's not that we can't do it. It's just, sometimes it's just nice. It's nice to have somebody else do something Mm -hmm. Uh, because again, it's that partnership, right? That's what we're lacking in the home is that companion and that partnership. And yes, while we're raising children and some of them are older and learning to become adults and learning to do things around the home as well. But man, sometimes it's just really nice to come home and have the lawn already mowed Mm -hmm. and not have to do it. You know, it's little things like that. Um, Yeah, that's, that's it. Yeah, that leads perfectly. So you guys have already kind of answered this question. So our last question was, how can your community better support you? And it sounds like, like what you just said, Mandy, you see a need, you fill a need, whether that's, you know, helping pay for, you know, a kid's retreat. And that doesn't even mean that you know, a specific kid, maybe it's you know that your kid is going Mm -hmm. and you would like to just tell the teacher, hey, I would like to sponsor someone else on this trip. Maybe it's you're cutting your grass and you see your neighbors could use it too. 
And so you do it. Right. You know, and that's true for any neighborly thing, any friend, any person right. in your community. But you have to also know your community, right? So you should know your neighbors. You should try to know your neighbors, whether it's um, your physical neighbors or just people that you do life with um, in your common areas. And so is there anything that either one of you want to add in regards to how your how your community can better support you? I'll take, yeah, I mean, I'll go. So I would say prayer. Maybe if you're not a praying person, then that's okay. But it's if you are a praying person and you don't have to specifically know somebody or what they're going through, um, but just pray for the single parents around you that, that you know by name or someone that you randomly meet. It doesn't matter. But, um, I mean, as a single parent, as a parent in general, I'm constantly asking God for wisdom. So pray for them to be filled with wisdom. Pray for them to have strength for the day. Um, just prayer. Prayer would be is huge. You don't always have to know the specific need, um, but pray for pray for that parent like you would pray for yourself. Pray for those children like you would pray for yours. Yeah, um, that's so good. Angie, what about you? I think it goes back to what you said uh, with community and and knowing the people around you and talking to because you don't. Like she said, it doesn't have to be a financial need. Sometimes I will say for me, um, I miss being able to talk to other adults when you're the only adult in the house and you're going through things. We like like Mandy said, we we miss that other person, that other adult in the house that we can bounce things off of. Sometimes support just means someone to talk to and no, and, and not, you know, not judging. Uh, we, we need, I mean, personally, I just want to be able to, t- I have, I'm fortunate. I have a circle of friends and family that allow me to be myself and to be as raw as I want to be on any day. <laughs> and it's fantastic to be able to have that. But there were times um, during, you know, my kids growing up that I didn't have another adult to have conversations, just, just talking, just communicating. And by doing that, you learn where some of those pain points are. And it then doesn't become awkward to, to lend a hand and to offer you. It's not out of the ordinary. It, we, when someone reaches out to say, can I do, or are you good? You can actually be honest and say, no, I'm not good. Not today. And, and they can follow up with why, what was wrong? What's, can I do anything? And then sometimes, no, you can't do anything. But like I said, it's the conversation. It's the, it's the companionship that we miss and have being able to engage with another adult. I don't want to talk to a child. I can't always. Yeah. My, I'm, I'm vulnerable around my kid. And I think that's good that he, he sees some of the struggle, but I don't want him to see all of the struggle. And, but I want an outlet. And sometimes that comes in the form of a girlfriend, somebody that I work with, somebody that will go for a walk with me. And, and I can just let it all out, be, you know, lay it out on the table and then go back to, to being superwoman. <laughs> That's awesome. 
So it sounds like the best way that, and I think this is true for any person, but specifically what we're talking about is we help you by building our community organically, being intentional with our coworkers, being intentional with our neighbors, being intentional in those common spaces that we do life in, because you know, we shouldn't be doing things out of obligation. We should be doing things out of love and care for um, our fellow brothers and sisters. And it's, you know, the only way we can do that is by being intentional and taking that break in our day when, you know, when we pull into the driveway or when we're, you know, running in the grocery store, that we're not just moving so fast that we don't see people. Um, So ladies, I am so grateful for you today, for the wisdom that you shared for the stories that you shared. I know that um, because I personally know both of you, I know a bit more and I'm just, I am so inspired by each of you in the way that you live and the way that you choose to wake up every day and putting your best foot forward, you know, whether it's going back to school, whether it's um, just being in and out of your kids' schedules. I know Mandy, you, you just, you manage your schedule in a way to make sure that you are you are there for your kids as much as you possibly can be. And I know that that cannot always be easy, right? Whether it's a late meeting or it's um, a commitment with someone else. And I know that even for me as a parent in a, in a two-parent household, it can be challenging to get together with a girlfriend or with family or with, you know, if I just want to go do something by myself, I can't imagine how much more difficult that is for you as a single parent. So I just want to give you both a huge kudos and to any single parent out there, whether you're a single mother or a single father, just know that you are killing it. You are doing amazing. And um, just keep taking it one step by step. Make sure that you are receiving blessings as they're coming your way. Like Mandy and Angie both said, you know, sometimes you have to look past the, no, I don't need any help. No, keep pushing. If you... If you feel that, you know, in your spirit that you need to help someone, I've never seen that go sideways, right? If it comes from a true place. So like we said, whether that's cutting someone's grass or picking up a coffee for them on the way to work or just saying a prayer for them, like all of those things matter. So ladies, thank you so much for joining us today. And thank you so much for being a part of the How Do I Mom platform. I'm so grateful for each of you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. It's been awesome. Um, So everyone, if you haven't already, please subscribe and share. You can follow us at HowDoIMom.com for more resources. You can check us out at Instagram, HowDoIMom, Facebook, HowDoIMom, Inc., and Twitter, HowDoIMom underscore com. Thank you so much for joining us and have a great week. Thank you for joining us today. Subscribe and make sure to visit HowDoIMom.com for more resources. That's my cue. Until next time, stay connected and share your light because you are extraordinary.